is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 433, recorded sometime around Friday, May 17th, 2019. Welcome to the program, everyone. This is, of course, a very special episode of the podcast and one that we do every year, and that is our wrap-up crossover with Jason and Karen from The Walking Dead cast. So they are on the line. They are here. Welcome, you guys. Welcome. Hi. Hello. So happy to be here. So do you guys have plans for number 1,000? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get through number 500 first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're only halfway done almost. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Uh, you know, at this rate, we it looks like we will get to a number 500. So uh, that'll be exciting. That'll be fun. Yeah, you got to have Greg Nicotero on or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Or maybe we'll just have you guys on again and we'll, we'll <laughs> That'd be cool. celebrate that way. <laughs> so if you are tuning into this and you haven't listened to the first half of this podcast, you should do that by going to podcastica.com where you can find The Walking Dead cast. And over there we recorded our, you know, first half of our our countdown for season nine. So make sure you do that. What we are going to do here is talk about the second half of our countdown. And I hope that, uh, I hope that my voice holds up. I spent the last four days in Las Vegas and I did a lot of talking, which was mostly yelling and way too much drinking, not enough sleeping. And I feel like I have a little bit of Vegas voice going on. So I hope it's okay. And there did you was put also... $10 down on number six for me? <laughs> you know, I did not. I'm not a gambler, so I didn't do oh, any man. gambling, which is you weird. One. Yeah. See, earlier you blamed the sneeze. No, that was, that Jason. was Jason. Yeah, That was oh. me. <laughs> You're both around. No, it, yeah. I sneezed and bit my tongue, so I'm having trouble talking just to get everybody up to speed. Because so, his tongue's grown longer from all the podcasts. Yeah, I've got a. I, I, my tongue is really, really fat. I don't know whether it's because of the cold or what, but I sneezed because I have a cold and I bit my tongue and I yelled and swore up a storm. Luckily, nobody else was home at the time, but it was very loud, very annoying. And I slammed my hand on the desk. It was, uh, wow. it still hurts. It hurts a lot. I couldn't, uh, I haven't eaten since this morning because I can't eat because oh. it's just, it's too painful. Oh. I'm glad you didn't like break your hand when you slammed it down and then like rammed into the wall or something. No, no, open open palm. I would never punch oh. anything. Good. That's just a recipe for disaster. I mean, I get it. Biting your tongue makes me want to punch things because it's one of the most annoying and it painful sucks. things you can do. And so, you Chris, did it let me to get yourself, this. So it's maddening. Let me get this right. You went to you went to Vegas for the for a few days and you you had a bunch to drink, but you didn't do any gambling. No, that's true. And it's because I'm not a gambler. And listen, I will I will explain something to you. Uh, I have not spent a lot of time in casinos. I'm not really interested in gambling. Vegas was bananas crazy. Like I I knew it would be a, a crazy place, but I wasn't really prepared for how insane it is there. Uh, but I had a really good time and I was there for work. So it was, you know, a lot of working and not as much uh, partying. But no, I didn't gamble. And I must admit, I find those casinos a little bit intimidating. Right. Well, I went to Vegas about 10 years ago. The only time I've ever been there, I went for, there for a weekend. The thing is, I did a bit of gambling, but it didn't occur to me to drink. 
Well, you and I are different people that way. We are vastly <laughs> different people. <laughs> you compliment each other well, though. <laughs> Good. I yeah, do all Chris the- drinks and, and likes to watch hockey. I don't do either of those things, but I miss smoking so much. <laughs> okay. So much. <laughs> all right. Go to Vegas and you practically smoke just by being there. Yep. Oh, you second hand smoke a pack away. a day there. You can smoke <laughs> indoors there. Like, that was so oh, foreign yeah. to me. You You can't smoke anywhere inside here where we live, but down in Vegas, you can do anything you want. Wow. And the place is populated by zombies, so it kind of works out. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that. And pretty soon they're going to have a football team. Oh, yeah. I I drove past the new football stadium they were were building. Yep. Yep. And, uh, woo. And what's it called? The stadium? No, the team. I don't know. What's the team called? Anyone know? It's the Oakland Raiders, but they're not going to be the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> they're going to be Oakland. called the Oakland Raiders? That'd be <laughs> no, awesome. That'd they're weird. not going to be the Oakland Raiders. It is the That'd Oakland Raiders. They're not going to be the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> they're probably going to be the Vegas Raiders. <laughs> they're probably going to be the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders now featuring Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now in <Yeah>. Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're exciting, but I know nobody wants to talk about hockey. Is that a hockey team? Wah, wah, wah. They fell to the Sharks. They fell to the Sharks. The yeah. Sharks are a hockey team, too? And the they're, shark- bo- they're both hockey teams? That's cute. Listen, if the Sharks... I- I'm serious. <laughs> so, Jason, what do you think of Avengers? <laughs> I'll talk about that. <laughs> Does this podcast make my tongue, tongue look fat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might. <laughs> don't sneeze all right well we can talk about that probably for a long time but uh we should probably get to the second half of our countdown here and i i'm sorry you guys i'm i'm really sorry i'm about to break protocol here and go first myself rude i know so rude i know but i'm out of here we kind of set the order in the first half of this podcast well we just want to continue with that order nice no i have we i i consider this a little bit of a segue because at the end of (laughs) your guys show or our segment on your show we were talking about negan and my first one here which is sort of number three is about negan oh i see so it's a segue so I apologize for breaking protocol, All right. and I hope Fine. you guys, I hope <laughs> you guys will still be my friend. <laughs> yeah, jury's out. <clears throat> if I cheer for the Sharks, will you be my friend? <laughs> Which I've learned is a hockey team. Throw in the Raiders. Right. We're just kidding, by the way. We don't care. I know. No, we really don't. <laughs> so, in that case, Negan, and uh, the main point is the sort of sparing use of Negan. In this season. Yes. At the end of season eight, when he goes in jail, I started thinking to myself, I wonder what they're going to do with him in season nine. And will he just be in the cell the whole time? Will he be or will he get out of the cell immediately? Because, you know, it's weird to have a character sitting in jail doing nothing for an entire season, especially when we're talking about an actor of the caliber of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I'm sure they pay him a lot. He's a well-known actor. And I was thinking to myself, they would probably feel pressure to get him out of there and like get him doing stuff on the show because it's not like he's a side character that if he's gone for a whole bunch of episodes, no one will care. Um, And so, so I was wondering about that going into season nine. And I think the way they handled it and the way they used the character of Negan this season really, really worked really well for me. So 
you know, we talked about Negan a bunch of stuff uh, as we ended uh, the previous podcast, but um, I thought I'd bring it up here because they did get him out in that first episode and out, out into the world. And then ultimately he comes back. And so I thought, well, look at that. He's out in the first one, you know, he's, he's going to not be in jail for any mm-hmm. time at all. But then I was a little bit surprised yeah. that they brought him back in. Yeah. And they, they brought him back in and it was his decision. He realized that there's nothing in the world for him anymore. And so that's it. And so I started thinking to myself, huh, maybe they will just keep him in jail for a while. But what they ended up doing is using Negan as a sounding board for a lot of the other characters, right? We talked about Judith and him talking and having a relationship and he's getting information from her about what's going on, but he's also revealing things about his character to her, which influences her a little bit. Uh, And at first, of course, he was talking with Rick and he kind of makes Rick question his own actions about leading the communities and stuff like that, which, which I thought worked really well. Maggie gets in there at one point and, you know, she goes down there to murder him, but doesn't because she realizes that he's a totally broken man in there and he's already sort of living a life worse than death. Um, And then Michonne, of course, has to interact with him a bunch while he's in the cell. So, you know, they, I thought they used Negan pretty effectively this season without um, bending to the pressure of having Jeffrey Dean Morgan in a prison cell the whole time. So uh, I thought it really worked for me and I'm glad they didn't try to get their money's worth with Jeffrey D. Morgan and put him in every episode. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering, cause he was in jail a lot that, um, I doubt, I doubt they needed to talk JDM into that. He's probably under contract. He's got to do whatever they tell him, but if they did need to talk him into it, one way would be to say, uh, you know, we're sorry, but well, he knows very well that people hate Negan. I mean, so many people love Negan actually when we do these cons he's like the main draw now him and Norman Reedus yeah but um but anyway you could position it to him as okay we're gonna rehabilitate your Negan's image here and this is how we'll do it because I really feel like it's made a lot of people question their ideas of Negan yeah it's probably on it's probably a pretty easy filming schedule for him too you know he can (laughs) he can show up for less than a week shoot all of his scenes and then go home and collect his paycheck so (laughs) (laughs) he was in it he was in it more than i was a i think it was just the right amount yeah Yeah. i would agree he's like he's like cilantro i've said it before (laughs) you just want a tiny little bit you don't want an entire burrito of just cilantro Uh, for two years right (laughs) that's that's good you know you can have just the right amount yep Uh, all right. Well, um, now it's your turn to go, guys. So Jason or Karen, one of you, well, one of you go. I, I, I agree with Jason. Let's keep the same order. All right. Is that cool? Is that all, right? all right. Sure. Same order. Same order. Fine with me. So my next item is Maggie and how she engaged in state-sanctioned murder. Oh. So she killed Gregory without any kind of due process. Like, sure, he tried to kill her by proxy and, you know, inaction, uh, but... Uh, she just straight up murdered him by hanging him publicly in front of a bunch of people. Instead of just, you know, uh, reacting and killing him on the spot, she actually made a public display of it. So in my mind, Maggie started down the road of being a bad guy. She, uh, she was going to be in my mind, one of the, you know, like the governor, you know, just somebody who was, uh, who was on the bad side. And I really, really, really wanted to see that. But with, uh, Lauren Cohen leaving the show, uh, we're not going to get that anymore. So she just engaged in 
murder, public display of murder to her whole community. I mean, she was making a point, though, right? She was she was trying yeah. to reinforce her <laughs> reinforce her position of power and say, yeah. "You can't try to assassinate me, or this is what happens to you." Yeah, yeah. good work. She made her you, point. <laughs> you say state sanctioned. I mean. It was solely her decision. She is the state. She is the state. She was the leader of that community, and she, yeah. you know, used that leadership role to, you know, have a public hanging her will without and, any kind of due process. And that is also what led the Oceansiders to start picking off saviors because they said, "Well, we thought we had to uh, be good citizens," but then Maggie showed us the way. So that led to some more stuff like that sure did now i feel bad about all the uh all the stuff i was saying before about oh women in leadership and isn't that great <laughs> oh it has nothing to do with her being uh, you know a, a woman or not it's just you know she was the leader of this community and uh she had a hang i mean yeah. it contrasted with michonne along with rick deciding to imprison negan instead of killing him so and michonne's kept that even though rick's gone so there's a contrast between leadership styles there and, and punishment styles. Definitely. Yeah, even Michonne, though, wasn't that great of a leader. Why didn't you say that? Just because she was too closed off? Yeah, she was yeah. definitely traumatized. And, and, and if she had been more open and more, you know, that maybe it wouldn't have been so terrible what happened um, with the 10 people's heads on a pike. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, um, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but, you know, women want to see women characters doing awesome kick-ass things and so do I and I think that's great but also I want to see on shows like this everybody has these tragic flaws and they fuck up and I want the men and the women to have that and they do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so oh I don't no you're not gonna like get in trouble all, all the women to be like perfect and all the men to be fuck-ups mm, I sort of want that just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's fine Me too a little bit I think yeah. you have to want the same thing I mean you want it to be realistic right <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well i mean maggie is i guess is this a spoiler i don't know maggie's probably gonna show up on the show again next year uh for season 10 so we might we're gonna get more maggie we'll see how she's changed after living with georgie for i don't know however long it's been partying mm -hmm. with the record player um tell me do you think she is coming back I think there have been a lot of hints that they've said they want to bring her back in one form or another, whether it's on the TV show or in a movie or something. Yeah. And the fact that her show, Whiskey Cavalier, just got canceled makes it more likely. But there's been no official news, right? I, I think they've they've all but said she is coming back. You're right. It's not official. But I think she's said that she's not done she with The Walking to, Dead and that yeah, she wants right. to. And and Angela Kang and everybody has more or less said yeah maggie's gonna be back but you're right we don't really know in what capacity she could just be a voice on a radio at some point but all for all we know i mean we've all been in the position where we are we have a perfectly good job and we leave that job for another job that is supposed to be a step up and that job doesn't work out so we crawl back to the old job and go hey can i have my job back and they say yeah <laughs> Yeah, we've all been there, right? I, I promise not to code, promise not to hang anyone anymore, and just give me my job back. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Lauren Cohan, not necessarily Maggie, <laughs> but her too, her yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so that that makes sense. All right. No, I mean, I mean, um, I get the sense that Lauren Cohan 
could have and will have a great career and that she wouldn't necessarily going back be going back with her tail between her legs but rather she just feels a connection to that show i could be wrong but that's the sense i get no she just wants to do it you know i agree too like she probably wanted to move on to something else for a little while but she, I, I don't think she'd come back just because she felt she had to or something. No, yeah. she probably. Well, they, they to. left the door open on purpose. They didn't slam yeah. the door shut like they did with, uh, with Carl. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that door was slammed shut. It really was. Ghost Carl with a, could with make a an bang. appearance. Ghost Carl flashback. Oh, ghosts! Carl. We don't have ghosts on the show yet. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, why not? No, we had ghosts. We had visions of people like ghost like Lori. Uh, Lori. Yeah, yeah, we had Lori. Yeah. yeah, that's that's Rick's insanity. We've seen that before. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we need someone to imagine Rick who can then imagine Carl. Oh, my God. That's too much uh, imagination inception, man. <laughs> where am I? Oh, yeah. Where, who am I? What's going on? Uh, all right. Uh, Karen, are you up next with your number three? Yeah, I can... I could be up next. Awesome. Uh, so I loved that we, and this is sort of um, going back to what we had talked about earlier with pacing and things that are different, but um, I love that we got to see a new season um, and, and uh, in that we saw a winter and it was really, really interesting. We only got to see it really in one episode, but I love that we saw them cold. I love that we saw a storm. It was something new and... Um, I kept feeling um, bad for the actors because I know that they do film in like the summer and the fall. And so I was thinking, wow, they must be really, really, really hot unless they did. It. I think we uh, Jason and I talked about this before and they filmed a lot of that on a soundstage. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but, you know, it makes sense for the story that they would because it's supposed to be Virginia. It makes sense for the story. And uh, it was just interesting. Plus. It led to one of my favorite things, which was uh, Daryl stabbing the walker with the icicle. So I thought that was great. And um, I love that that for that particular episode, the biggest threat to our people was the environment. And um, we haven't seen that in a really, really long time. Um, Last time is when they were walking and they were really, really thirsty. So (laughs) except for the zombies in the environment. They're, yeah. They're okay. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The zombies in the snow. Snow <laughs> zombies. You know, we had some listeners uh, sort of upset about the whole icicle through the eye socket killing, and uh, they were kind of saying it's not realistic, and you wouldn't be able to grip an icicle well enough to push it through someone's head because it's slippery and all that. But well, you put your thumb I don't know. It. it didn't really bother me because you know we live or. Jason and I live in a place that has winter, pretty extreme winter sometimes, and uh, falling ice can be very dangerous. Uh, totally. And it, it's killed people before. So, yes. Oh, yeah. So you have to watch out for that. So I thought icicle through the, the eye socket was no problem. Yes. <laughs> There's no way you'd be able to hang onto an icicle enough to apply enough force to drive it into somebody's they're, brain. They're heads, their heads are like are like cheese um it's like butter and also the, it's daryl so yeah, yeah it's daryl he, he's awfully good and and he just was keeping his thumb on the very very end that's, oh well then that's fine <laughs> then yeah um right i love the snow too snow is a big part of the comics especially earlier on so it made the show feel more connected to the comic for me and kind of brought me back to those early days of the walking dead which I love that feeling. And I like the frozen walkers coming up from the ground because I always want to see zombies rising from the grave, even though I know 
they won't do that because I don't think the dead, I don't know if the, the long dead would reanimate on this show. I don't think that happens, but either way that, that scene just was really cool. So I liked all that too. It's a fun visual seeing that the arms coming up out of the snow, right? Yeah. Yeah, Except that they'll be frozen because they're under the snow. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's nitpicking. Drama over logic. Right. You got to you gotta <laughs> go with it. Uh, the, the thing about the snow, I thought the snow was cool too, but I couldn't shake the feeling that they were, they were just doing snow because they never had before. And people have questioned, like, why do we never see winter in a place where there should be some winter? And I just have this feeling that we're never going to see snow on the show again. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier on, on our podcast about how uh, for a couple of years, we only got a few days and, and so it's possible we've only seen seasons aside from winter. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, that is true, but it, it I don't know. It felt a little bit like guys, let's do a big snowy snowstorm yeah. and yeah. then we have done it and sure it was good. Uh, but I don't know. It'll feel to me weird if we go another nine seasons and never see snow again, but. Well, I don't think we'll see snow again, but they might do a scene in space or maybe underwater. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> that would be so great. Aquaman will show up. They've never done underwater before. No, you know what? They have had a zombie underwater. Well, they've had, yeah, the uh, that, that uh, when they were in the basement that was all full of water. Oh, and yeah. pond zombie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pond and zombie. there was a zombie in a well way back in like season two. Oh, or yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloody. zombie. Yeah. Bloody yeah. zombie. <laughs> Throw Glenn down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Good luck, Glenn. all right jason you are up jason c oh okay um mine is my number three is new themes because one of my biggest criticisms of the walking dead over the years is they keep repeating themes and this season had what i thought were some new themes and and they did hit on some old notes for sure but uh, growth and renewal and working towards rebuilding civilization was, was a big one. You saw lots of farming and crops talk of trade between the communities um, with this fair to stimulate trade and get people to agree to sign this shared charter and form, a you know, start forming a civilization. At one point, Rick said, we're not just fighting to survive anymore. We're making a new beginning and we're getting back a piece of who we used to be, how things were before all this. And so um, I like that. And in that vein, there was a focus on what makes life worth living because I feel like they've gotten to a point where they can kind of manage the Walker threat and they can, they have the space, the mental and emotional space to start living again. So there was a lot of romance. There was Carol and Ezekiel who at the start of the season Aww. she's like don't propose to me but then after the six year time jump they're married there's Jadis <laughs> and Gabriel which didn't go so well but I like their flirty talk about frog mating calls and things like that uh-huh. <laughs> there, there was the love square with Rosita, Gabriel, Eugene and Sadiq <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. there was Alden and Enid which is tragic oh these are all tragic and Henry and Lydia Again, tragic. Yeah. I guess they're all tragic um, in the end, and maybe they're not ready to start thinking about this stuff. Yes. They're all (laughs) tragic. Every single couple. It could be. I know. You're right. I can't think of a couple that is still together. you know, even so, 
I I thought before on The Walking Dead when you and I, Karen, used to talk about romance, both of us were like, no, this isn't the show for that. But this year it did feel like the show for that because they're they're more community oriented and it just seemed and it worked well. I thought none of these I didn't I liked it all. Carolyn Ezekiel, Jadison Gabriel, all of it was great. And it was all tragic because it's The Walking Dead and everything ends in shit. But anyway, <laughs> they the also like, you know, thought about or things like this projector bulb to watch a movie or um, yeah, that Jerry was with his new wife and kids. There you go. Jerry with oh, his yeah. new wife and kids. That's nice. And music like Luke with his Stradivarius and Alden singing and just different focus on more um, the comforts of life and the artist art, art of it and things like that. There was also the theme of motherhood, Michonne with Judith and RJ, Carol with Henry, and Alpha with Lydia. So I like that. And then the old themes, theme of whether to trust strangers and do we help people. That's been a theme for a long time, but with Magna and her group that came up, and then with Lydia. Um, and I didn't mind so much the Lydia thing because even with Magna, because it, it, this whole storyline of Michonne having this traumatic thing happen was pretty fascinating. So it didn't feel it was okay with me. Um, people having done terrible things to survive. Same thing with Michonne and Magna too. And then uh, things getting really brutal and dark is, is a theme of the walking dead all the time. Carol burning those saviors, uh, Jed, I guess. And what Michonne did. And also, let's not forget Karen and David. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Carol just burns people. Yeah. It's kind of like another and then shoots them. character on another show, but we won't go there. That's a different thing. Um, I I want to say, Jason, that I, I think that the whole like do what you have to do to survive theme, which this show has had since the beginning, was actually toned down a little bit this season, which... I, th- mm-hmm. I thought it was great and it was replaced with some of these other things that that you've meant you've been mentioning the motherhood and sort of the focus on um, the romantic stuff and unity. Yeah, exactly. So that that's good. And because, civilization. Yeah. Building yeah. civilization. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, as as good a theme as I think that is what you have to do to survive or what you're willing to do. We've seen that play out in different ways multiple times on the show and it's so bored with that well but it's always going to be there right it's always (laughs) going to be there and it is something that honestly in this world people would have to reckon with over and over again probably true so so i'm not like i'm not upset that it's still there but it's nice that they've branched out a little bit from that so i think that for me it was essential like it it was just i i the repetition of the themes was my biggest like Okay, again. And so all the freshness of this season, the themes had a lot to do with it. It's one of the things that made season nine so good, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, I I think the, the love square was one of the more entertaining uh, things in this season. I think it's great and it's still kind of going, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, Karen. There's um, Rosita and Father Gabriel. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, for now. And um, and then we have the two others who are pining away for her. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, I think that one's okay. And and you know, I was very very happy to see Enid and Alden together. Uh, unfortunately, that one didn't work out so happily. But wah, wah. yeah, you think she's a, is she still a spy? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, because they cloned her in order to kill her forever. Yeah, right. it was her clone that got her put. Her clone's head is on the pike, not actually her. Right. Actual Enid will be the opening yeah. shot of season ten, and everyone will be like, "What? What? Yeah. She was a spy all along." <laughs> dun dun dun. Yeah, that I can never let it go. No, and neither. I'll figure out a way to make it not. Uh, yeah, she'll she'll show up every time you see a shadow. I'm gonna say it's Enid. <laughs> lurking behind a tree somewhere. I guess I'm gonna have to be an outlier on the uh, on the on the love quadrangle because I, you know, I, it seemed a little uh, soap opera to me. You know, Eugene is in love with Rosita. Rosita's in a relationship with Gabriel, but she's having Sadiq's baby. It just it seems a little amazing. It seems amazing. I love amazing. that. Amazing. It just it made me want to. It made me name a show. These are the apocalyptic days of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if that kind of plotting grew and and more of that happened to other characters on the show, then I would feel the same. But if it's just these guys, then I guess I'm, I'm more okay with it, but I agree. It, it, it is very soap opera-ish. Okay. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you the fact that they are all aware of what's going on and they all seem to be okay with it. Yeah. That's not usually yeah soap opera. Absolutely. At the end yeah. there, they all seem to be okay with it. And I don't think Sadiq is pining for her. They had a fling and now he's over it. But, um, it, we also it's been established with Rosita's character that she has boyfriends uh-huh <laughs> and yeah. so that yeah. kind of fits <laughs> i i think sadiq is um the most eligible of the bachelors currently at alexandria he is a doctor i right <laughs> <laughs> what mother would not like that yeah. oh yeah yeah you yeah. can do a panel with me and him sometime what is he just as dreamy in real life as he is on the show i actually haven't gotten to do a panel with him yet but i want to he's been at a few cons can i do one with you and him i want to do one with you (laughs) sure four of us up there yeah yeah (laughs) there'll be four of us and him be like why are there so many of you guys (laughs) why do you have hearts in your eyes right that's right none of us can speak anymore we're all in love with you (laughs) (laughs) i like him too yeah, he's great. I do. He's yeah. very good. Uh, okay. He's got some Glenn energy going on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's it. A little, a little bit. bit. Jason, any, anything more about the themes of the season? Nope. All right. So that's back to me, I guess, then. So my number two, we've sort of covered a little bit, but my number two was the the weird finale for season nine. And um, I, I mentioned earlier on in the list, actually, on your podcast, that there was one episode of the season that I didn't really love as much as the rest of it. And sadly, it yeah. was the season finale. Um, we've kind of already talked about the snow and and how I felt that the snow was just put in because they wanted to do some snow and we'll never see it again. So it didn't quite... I had a little bit of a cynical attitude towards the snow, which maybe turned me off a little bit, even though I did think it looked sort of cool. Um, but uh, the whole... Concept of of the episode where they're traveling from one place to another and they realize that they're not going to make it unless they go through Whisperer territory, and that's a huge decision for them because you know they've been told to stay out, uh, and they they have stayed out till this point. So now they have to decide whether they're going to take that risk and go through the territory and hope they don't get attacked or killed or or whatever. Um, and then as it turns out there's 
no whisperers there anyways. And <laughs> they're on and, vacation. Right. They're on vacation in Florida. And I get that um, our characters don't know that. And, but it felt like there was a big set off, a setup for nothing. There was kind of a lack of a payoff there for me. Um, now, I do or I have learned to give the show the benefit of the doubt sometimes because not everything that's set up is paid off in the same episode. And maybe this will pay off some way in season 10 or a future episode. Uh, but the the way this this finale was structured was a little bit confusing and weird to me and uh it didn't quite work that well so i'm hoping you guys can bring me around a little bit or maybe you have some thoughts on the season finale and and why it was really really solid do you think that maybe they left some sign that they were in their territory that they'll find yeah dead zombies that were shattered by snow yeah like those those sentinel zombies that were frozen standing up i mean they're they're gonna show up back in their territory and see those those zombies all cut up and be like whoa somebody's been sleeping in my bed but even that doesn't make Mm -hmm. any sense to me because what are they going to come back months later and yes they'll find those zombies cut down but like that doesn't mean these people did it it doesn't mean anything i mean maybe an animal came along and knocked it down like i don't feel like that is enough indicator for some sort of repercussions from going through it that's true can i ask a quick question um tell me lydia was with them right Yes. Yes. Now, why didn't she tell them, hey, they vacation in Florida? That'd be too easy. Also yeah. a good question. <laughs> yeah. Because, because the script said so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good, that's that's totally a big glaring plot hole in my opinion. Uh, unless okay. it's the first time they've gone south. I mean, maybe there hasn't been a snowstorm of this magnitude and they haven't had to leave before. Like maybe they, they didn't were. didn't know about the snowstorm. Maybe they, are you sure? Maybe they left because they were forced to leave because they didn't think no, they could well, you survive. Don't, the... You go, oh my God, it's about to snow. We better go south for the summer or the winter. They don't, you, you don't do that in, in an afternoon unless you have, you know, plane tickets. Plans. I mean, I guess so... they don't have a weather <laughs> forecast app. Oh yeah, so. also that. <laughs> yeah. Weather underground, not exactly working. Right. So yeah. there you go. So yeah, I mean, Lydia would have known or maybe, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Thank you for confirming that. <laughs> right. So anyways, the finale, I didn't love it. I still think it was good. And it was just, for me, a slight bummer at the end of an amazing season. I was angry. I was angry at that. I mean, we had such a big buildup in the previous episode to this, uh, this you know, drawing that hard line in the sand and putting a bunch of heads on the pikes and saying, do not cross this line. And now we have somebody crossing that line. Uh, and, you know, the bad guy's on vacation. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it was so disappointing. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what else? I, I realized that the, at the end of the pike episode, episode 15, we focus in on uh, uh, on Lydia and Daryl there, and she's looking at that thing on the ground. That um, what was it again? It was the wooden carving. The wooden carving thing, yeah. And you see the snowflakes start falling, but then, or you know what? But then I was going to say the next episode is weeks later. So how long was the snowstorm going on for? But I guess maybe there we were already weeks later at that point when she's when her and Daryl are there. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Anyways, how about the snowball fight? Anything? No, that was dumb. I liked the <laughs> snowball fight. That's the one bit of snow I, I enjoyed. This girl, Lydia, is 
suicidal for the whole episode and then all of a sudden she decides okay i'm gonna stick it out i feel some belonging here hey let's have a snowball fight it just seemed too quick and abrupt to me i don't know i that's a good point but i liked seeing daryl come back and reunite with judith and them and have a little moment of fun uh maybe if lydia wasn't there it would have made more sense but i don't know i I, I, I mean, I, I yeah, like I get that too. Yeah, I get that too. So, and I think it was just, I think what they did was they just told the actors, okay, have a snowball fight. I don't think it was like choreographed or anything. So no. it was more off the cuff. It did seem like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, weird season finale. That's my number two. So, uh, Jason Miles, your number two. Yeah. All right. So I actually, it's similar to that. My, for me, it was the highlight of the season was that scene of the heads on the pike uh the pikes that was uh it was amazing like it was a perfect like 10 heads on pikes and it was the perfect blend of like father fodder characters and semi notable characters and a couple of main characters as well so it was uh it was to me it was it was shocking and riveting and exciting and uh oh my god moment and uh it was absolutely the highlight and should have been the finale of yeah. the uh, of the season. Absolutely. You didn't have any idea it was that. coming. Well, I knew something was coming, but I didn't know what. And I didn't think Enid, Enid's head would be up there, nor Tara's. <laughs> right. I mean, so, I, the reason why I asked that is just because it's big in the comics, and so I, I think it's awesome that you didn't get spoiled on it. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a Walking Dead luddite. When like <laughs> the only news I get f- from the Walking Dead or about the Walking Dead is either the episode itself or Chris tells me on the podcast. <laughs> I don't read anything. I don't read reviews. I don't read uh, uh, anything online. I don't understand. I don't watch the news about Walking Dead. I don't know anything about the characters or it's going to come up on my number one as well. But uh, I I don't read the comic either. I stopped the last issue. The comic I read was issue 100 where Glenn got killed by Negan. And that that's it. I don't know anything else beyond that. Yeah, so and I'm not a- going to. The, great for experiencing that scene then just maximum shock who yeah. were who were you most upset about uh dying on the pike probably tara. Enid. enid tara jason yeah henry yeah henry really yeah. oh i was glad <laughs> I, I was so happy we'll get to henry okay <laughs> um i was i for me it's enid for sure uh, i don't know why but i thought her character's great i thought they've done lots of great stuff with her lately here i'll talk since we're we're talking about it so um listeners of my podcast know that i i stuck up for henry most of the time and um i think that he was doing what a lot of characters on the show would do which was trying to do what was right which is help this abused girl who's asking for help and trying to prevent daryl from torturing her and it turns out that he was right, that she's trustworthy and she, she wants help. And, and, but everybody was hating on Henry for being too naive and just going for Poontang and whatever. And, um, <laughs> that it's interesting to me that a lot of people who've decided that they actually like and trust Lydia still don't like Henry, even though he was right. And so like, I, you know, I thought you didn't was like he him because right? he was stupid for trusting Lydia, but then Lydia turns out to be okay. You still think Henry's dumb. So I, I don't, I don't know. I feel, I, I understand, especially when he broke her out of the jail and gives her a hammer and turns his back on her. At that moment, I thought, okay, that's dumb. But other than that, he's... How about he ate a worm? 
Well, that's part of him being that's in love, love with her. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's a very, I would, uh, I once, like, everything tried to that erase... Henry did, everything that Henry did, I would have done in his place. <laughs> being that age but, and know, having a love interest of some kind, I absolutely would have done everything that I could to, uh, to try and impress her, including Karen, eating a worm. Karen, I don't think you truly understand what teenage boys will do for the yeah. attention of a girl. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess once not. took an eraser to the back of my hand because a girl dared me, and I still have a scar to, for, from that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I once Idiot. accidentally stabbed myself in the temple with a pencil, and I still have a blue mark. I did that oh in grade my nine God. to impress a girl. You permanently tattooed your side of your Absolutely. head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So gonna, anyway, I, um, you know, I asked Matt Lintz, <laughs> what if this was a guy that, you know, he's he's heterosexual, so he wasn't attracted. He goes, well, Matt, uh, Henry do, does what he think is right. And he thought she was being abused and he wanted to help her. So he would have done the same thing. Now, of course, when the romance part came in, that would have been different. But other than that, and I'm like, I just don't, I'm like all these characters, they stand up for, for what's right. And they go off half cocked and do things and they don't get as much hate as Henry. So I don't, I don't totally get it. The thing is, the thing is Henry can be right and annoying all at the same time. Both things can be true. (gasps) And an idiot. And right. an idiot because he shouldn't have gone after Lydia because it ended up ultimately getting him killed. Okay, well, what about when Rick went after Merle? Do we hate Rick? No, it's Rick. When, when was that? <laughs> In season one, when Merle was locked to the roof. Yeah. He now Rick after? is annoying and we hate him. Yeah, he, he went back into town to save him. Well, yeah, okay, because Rick, because Rick. Um, thought, oh God, I killed him. But uh, Henry didn't kill. Lydia left on her own accord. Um, I would have said, okay, don't let the gate hit your ass on the way out. <laughs> well, I don't know if she left on her own accord. Like she was traded back for other prisoners. But uh, I fair what, trade, man. What Henry? Yeah, I think so. But the problem with Henry is he. I don't think he considered anybody else when he was deciding what to do right Right. he he took off knowing very well that this is going to put other people at risk or breaking her out of jail putting characters on this show are doing shit like that all the time (laughs) yeah they're getting they're putting other people in danger going off half cock trying to kill somebody Going over to Negan's, Carl gets in the back of the truck and goes to Negan's to try to kill him. Oh, that was terrible, too. Also a terrible idea. Yeah, bad choices are... So do we hate Carl now? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. Okay. Case closed. (laughs) I mean, if you look at... From Henry's point of view, he was all enamored with Enid. Like, he... At the the beginning of the season, he was in love with with Enid, and Enid ended up uh, not, you know, returning that affection. So Henry's casting about looking for something to replace that i'm consciously or consciously or subconsciously but he finds that he finds somebody that is genuinely interested in him and that he can save he can be the white knight and uh the knight in in shining armor that he can go and save her and he does that and he makes stupid decisions and he does some dumb things but i absolutely understand everything he did and probably would have done the same thing (laughs) I recommend for people, including you, Karen, because I don't think you have yet, go Boys. listen to the interview I did with Matt Lentz on our podcast. It's it's not that long. It's like 25 minutes. It's really good. You might appreciate the character a little He's, more. I, I like him as an actor. Does yeah. that count? Me too. I think it's good. 
I just yeah, think he's it's have a, he's got a perfectly that, lovely career. I just think it's hilarious that that whole family has been on the show, right? His little yes. brother was young Henry. And, and, yeah, and his you know, sister was Sophia. Sophia, and, yeah. So when I saw Henry's face on the pike, it was shocking to me because I had just had him on, on my podcast and he didn't say anything. And I, I had made this joke. I said, uh, you had family members on the podcast now. I think you should have your dad come on and play Henry 20 years later or something. And he was like, oh, yeah. Huh, huh, huh. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. But he didn't say anything. And so I was shocked because of that, but also because I expected him. He He's kind of taken over Carl's role from the comics. And yep. so I expected him to keep going with that. And so it was a good shock. I mean, I'm not like, oh, the show was dumb for um, killing him, but... That was the one I was the saddest about. Well, way to bring it around uh, there, Jason. D- Tara, uh, Tara, <laughs> Karen, did you say Tara? What were you most I upset did. about? What, what about Tara is upset you about having her head on the pike? I ended up kind of liking her um, yeah. as a as a leader. I thought I thought she's um, one of these characters that was kind of a punk at the beginning, and her character arc she had really shown some growth mm-hmm. and development. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I can see this. She's going to be a great leader. And so I was I was actually very shocked that they killed her off. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Just as they. Just as they're bringing her to the forefront, you know, and giving her yep. an expanded role in the show, they yank the carpet out and her head lands on a pike. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was bummed about her, too. Um, her and Enid are pretty close for me as the ones that upset me the most, I'd say. And- I'm I'm bummed about Tara because she brought something really unique to the show that yes. I'm going to miss, that she seemed more like a real regular person than anyone else in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And she's also really funny. And just that quality will be missed. It will be for sure. And and Eugene does not fill that hole. No. Because he's, he's definitely not a regular he's person. He's comic booky. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> now, they toned him down a little bit this season, I think, and I was better with yeah. it. But when he was with Negan last year and the year before, oh, God, it drove me crazy how uh, you almost had to turn on the closed captioning to like follow yeah. what he was saying. And I didn't like that. <laughs> yes. And then you could appreciate it. Actually, when I read his text, uh, I, I, I kind of chuckled a lot of times when I had missed it yeah. watching the show. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, can I just say, uh, Jason and I had a uh, quite lively debate about whether if you stuck a head on a pike in the zombie apocalypse, if yeah. that would count as a headshot, yep. and would they still be zombified? And my thought is, because um, heads clearly weigh 2,000 pounds, that when you put it on a <laughs> pike, that it counts as as uh, a headshot. And so it, they shouldn't be zombifying. And so I called bullshit on that little thing. And Jason's like, no, no, man, you could still put a head on a pike. Your brain's and it's on fine. the top of your head, not the neck. <laughs> wow. You still <laughs> have the your brain that goes down the back. Yeah. You just have to be very careful and just get the pike up to the neck and then no. yeah, don't push it down. No. Too yeah. Cause um, Alpha has a lot of practice and, and the first like hundred times she did that. <laughs> She didn't get it right, but yeah. now she's a pro. You people are crazy. In the real world, uh, <laughs> yes. it would absolutely work because, well, I won't go into the story about trying to get into a dead cat's brain pan during... Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was no. during uh, biology in high school. Uh, uh, the the mm. biology class was actually dissecting a cat. And uh, I went into the biology class for some reason, and they were trying to get into the cat's brain, and they could not get through the skull without using, like, 
a lot of force. And I was like, okay, I'm getting the F out of here now. But in the real world, absolutely you could do that. But in the zombie world, you know, if you touch some touch a zombie with a stick, they die. Uh-huh. You just have dead, to you just have to make a sharp freshly sharp dead. Yeah. If if you like even Human beings have soft skulls in this, uh, like regular people. Yeah, I guess you have right. soft skulls. The the way I exp- I think of it in the uh, in this particular universe is that everybody uh, is soft, like their heads, their bones, they're mm-hmm. all very soft. And to compensate for that, everybody heals very very quickly. <laughs> I mean, my point is, if you saw all these heads on pikes and they weren't acting like zombies. That would just be an outrage. Why did you miss the opportunity to have them like kind of wriggling around a little bit on the top yeah. of those pikes? Very That'd good point. Dumb. Yeah. Because and they generally placed them on the shot. pike and then tied them to it. Right. You, what they needed is some of those pressure fit rings that you can put pipe together with. Just put one around oh, yeah, the yeah. neck, screw it in, and they stay on forever. I think that's what they had. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Get those at Home Depot. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think Jason, that was you. So, Karen, are you up for number two now? Sure. Um, right. And and actually, since we were talking about the um, the season finale, um, I'll tell you about one thing I loved about the season finale, which was I liked the um, little radio teaser at the very end. Ah, yes. And I'm hoping that they're going to get into a little bit more about the world at large. And I really enjoy a good teaser at the end of a season. And I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. There's my little teaser. Something to chew on, so to speak, Mm -hmm. until the next season starts. I agree with you. I think it was a perfect or a very good ending anyways. Like it's it's a it's a minor cliffhanger, right? It's not a huge cliffhanger that is going to piss people off. It's not like everything wrapped up nicely. It's a little it's a little tease for next season. What's the you know, something's going to come. Um, I think everyone agrees that the voice is nobody we know, so it is somebody new. Um, Except for me. It's well, Maggie. It's not. It's right? not Maggie. No. Because no, she wouldn't be saying, what was the voice saying? Is oh, there any- anybody out there, she'd be saying, Hilltop, come in Hilltop, or right. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's somebody we don't know, and it's just a little drop saying, like, don't forget to come back next year, guys. You know, we're yeah, going to get exactly. back to this. It's going to be great. So yeah. I like that bit about the finale, too. I should I should have said that earlier. Is that in the um in the comics? Does anybody know? Yep. Oh, fascinating. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's dumb. No, I'm just kidding. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as far as outside world goes, I, I don't know if this counts, but we have seen that in Morgan going over to fear and what's going on over there in California and Texas and Mexico. And now Dwight's going over there. And then we're going to have this new series. I think, well, it films in Virginia. I don't know if it's going to be set some somewhere else, but um, with the other series, we are getting a, a view of the larger world. Yeah, and, and our uh, earlier this season, was it, wasn't it this season where they went to Washington DC? Yeah. Right. To the museum to get yeah. the plow right. or something. The, the, right. the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see the Capitol, which is sad because I would like to have seen the Capitol in the White House. But um, but they at least showed, um, you know, pr- th- theoretically, wasn't it a Smithsonian or something I think like it that? was, yeah. Yeah. That's where they so, went to get that uh, wagon. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That was silly. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I yeah. know. A little bit. I didn't mind it. I thought it was at least an entertaining episode, but... Yeah. Anyways, if they were going to carve up cars and make them into wagons, why not just do that to begin with? But 
Anyways. That was my idea right after the episode. It's like, why a wagon? Just, you know, rip the engine out of a car and get rid of the, you know, put the rear axle on both sides of a, a wagon and uh, have tires. I why, think. Why do you need wagon wheels? Now that I think exactly. about it, I, I think that they were going, though, to get, uh, to, to learn about some of these older things and uh, figure out how to make yeah. them efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And didn't they get a plow, too? Right. Maybe. Yeah. The plow and makes sense. That, a huge point of them going to that place in particular was to have Michonne turn and look at that big mural that said something about democracy. Oh, yeah. And she was all wistful about it because that's kind of a theme of the season. <laughs> that's a and lot she was of episodes for that. Lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, good. Jason Cabassi. Number two. Okay, minor two is notable deaths and losses, and we've talked a lot about some of them. Gregory hanged. Uh, well, there's Rick. I'm sure that's probably some people's number one, but I'll talk a little bit. We haven't he's really not, talked much about it, but he not lost. he he left and he went off in a helicopter, which I think is really dumb and cheap. And yet, I'm also thrilled and relieved that he's not dead. <laughs> like some people were saying to me, um, Jillian Moreau is a listener of ours and Melissa Hutchison both said, I think he's going to go off in a helicopter. And I was like, no, they would never do that. And then they did it. And I had to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it, the problem is you um, called them stupid when they said that you shouldn't do that. I didn't Jason. say that. <laughs> I did not. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, super excited to see what these Rick movies are. But the thing that I just can't go get over is how the hell are they going to explain that he never came back for Judith? That is a good question. That's a good question, but I have faith that they can pull it off. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. She's not his daughter. He doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, he didn't come harsh. back for Michonne. Right. Michonne too. Yeah. Michonne and Judith. Anybody else I could, I could write that off, but those two, um, there's Maggie now she didn't die, but she, she left and it, you know, her going off to be with Georgie's group to me makes things feel a little less apocalyptic. Like, Oh yeah, Maggie, she moved, mm. but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it, it's cool. I mean, I, I really do hope that she comes back to the main series and because for her, you know, they always say on walking dead that, each death needs to have some kind of a ramification on the other characters. And that has had varying degrees of trueness in the past, but with Glenn, he really did have a huge impact on Maggie's character. And I always liked her, but after Glenn died, she became way more interesting, her plot and her character. Yeah, that is true. So that's cool. Uh, Jesus, great death. Got to do his big kung fu scene, and then he was taken by surprise by a whisper, and I was super shocked. and And for like a good couple minutes there, I was like, "No, he he can't be dead. He's what? He's not dead." Yeah, total denial. Um, I wish they would have given Tom Payne more to do so that he wouldn't have been dissatisfied. Because I think that's why they why that happened. But it was a great scene, and now he has his own series. It's coming out on Fox. What? Prodigal Son centers on Malcolm Bright. Whose pain pain plays an acclaimed criminal psychologist? He knows how killers think, how their minds work. Why his father? I think Charlie Sheen, or not Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen was one of the worst, a notorious serial killer called the Surgeon. He will use his twisted genius to help the NYPD solve crimes and stop killers, all while dealing with a manipulative mother, annoyingly normal sister, a homicidal father still looking to bond with his prodigal son, and his own constantly evolving neurosis. Wow. wow, that's an amazing description you just 
thought up off the top of your head. That's <laughs> <laughs> from what I remember. Yeah. It sounds so derivative. I asked him uh, on, on the last panel I had with him, I asked him about it. He goes, oh, no, I don't want to talk about that because it's a pilot, but we don't know if it's going to hit yet. And then since then, I think it got picked up. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Have you seen, I've seen a picture of him, you know, since he cut his hair and shaved the beard. He's a good looking dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, was yeah. At the, he was at the um, Walker Stalker Chicago on Easter, and we did a panel with Jesus on Easter Sunday, and <laughs> he had his hair all cut, and he said it's funny because a lot of people don't recognize him, but yeah, he he looks really good. He looks way younger. Looks like a little kid. Oh, yeah. Way younger, for sure. Well, also, he's very elfin. <laughs> he's very much, yeah, elf-like. There's uh, Michonne's friend Jocelyn and, and all those kids. That was pretty notable. And then the Pike people, there's Ozzy and Alec, the highwaymen, mm-hmm. who the second I saw them, I thought they were whisperer fodder. So that <laughs> came true. Yeah. I think everybody thought that. It's like, why introduce these new characters now if if they're there for any other reason, they're going to be killed off. That's yeah. probably it. Yep. DJ and Frankie were former saviors. I think one of them might have been one of Negan's wives. Uh, Frankie know. was for sure. Yeah. Frankie, yeah. yeah. Rodney and Addie were the two of the hilltop teens that like to sneak off to that shack. And Addie's the one that had a crush on Henry with the glasses. Yeah, that's right. Tammy Rose. That's heartbreaker. Tammy right Rose. After she and Earl decided to retire and take care of their new whisperer baby. She was the only head on a pike that was the same as a character in the comic. Oh, wow. interesting. The nine others were different. Yeah. And then there's Henry and, and Tara and Enid, I didn't mention yet, but uh, Caitlin Nacon is really nice. She's a lovely person. And, and, and I really liked seeing the sullen, traumatized Enid grow into this capable, integral member of the group over the years. So that was sad, too. I, I was sad for all three of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about Enid as well. And I, I must admit, I think part of my uh upsetness about her being on there was that she is so nice in real life and uh yeah. you know it's just a bummer to see her go yeah, and uh did you guys talk about this on this podcast who it was on the pikes in the comic uh no we didn't because jason hasn't no. read it and i okay. didn't go back to uh check I, I i do know it was just nine different and one the same though yeah okay i don't want to spoil it then <laughs> <laughs> so that's all yeah all right Okay, cool. Well, um, for me, it's my my number one, and it is time to talk about Rick and Andrew Lincoln leaving the show. Uh, I think that was the single biggest piece of news, you know, related to this show uh, in sort of during season nine. And we found out about it last summer before season nine started, uh, right? And they had to address it at San Diego Comic-Con with him on stage. And uh, so we all went into this season knowing that it would be his last, and um, and it was. So pretty surprising for me, at least when I heard back then that Andrew Lincoln was going to leave the show. I mean, not surprising in one hand in that I know he's the kind of guy who likes to spend time with his family and was living away from them a lot of the year to shoot this thing. But at the same time, I always sort of thought, well, Rick is never going to leave the show until the very (laughs) end. And I and I couldn't wrap my mind around that at all. But now it has happened and he is gone and he flew away in a helicopter 
after everyone thought he would most likely actually die. Um, so I am sort of okay with it because it allowed the show to reinvent itself in a way I thought, you know, we jumped six years ahead after that happened and, you know, we, we skipped over sort of the immediate mourning period for all these characters and but we also didn't lose the ability to, sh you know, to see the effect that he had on them all and what it's like without him around. So I'm not sure it would have been quite as compelling if we had to sit through the rest of season nine in the immediate aftermath and, you know, people just sort of mourning the loss of their leader and stuff like that. Because I feel like we got that, but it was more in the lasting legacy of Rick and how they reacted to that. So I think they did a really good job with that. Uh, I think having him go off in a helicopter might be a little bit strange uh, because and, and, you know, he wants to leave The Walking Dead, but he's going to be in movies instead. So why not just stay on the show if you're still going to be playing the character? I don't know, but at least we're going to get some movies about it. Um, uh, but overall, I think the show, strangely, kind of benefited from Andy mm -hmm. Lincoln leaving. And that is something I don't think I ever would have imagined you know, I, in the months leading up to season nine. So, uh, yeah, I think it was the biggest news around the show in this last year, but they managed to pull it off in a way that I never thought they would have been able to. I kind of wonder, I think you're probably right, especially when you put it in terms of them dealing with Rick's legacy. I do wonder if maybe just Angela Kang's fresh take and Rick still there might've been just as good. You know, we never know. But um, yeah. I know that I I read in an interview with Reedus that he said he was talking to Andrew Lincoln and Andrew Lincoln was like, man, I left the show at the wrong time. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I saw now. that too. Yeah, I yeah. saw that too. He said, it's so good now. Why did I leave? But I think it might be really good partly because he did leave, you know? And Interesting. I'm not sure it would be exactly the same if, well, it obviously wouldn't be exactly the same if Rick was still around, but... Yeah, I just feel like as good though. I just feel yeah. like it would be really different. You know, there 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 wouldn't have been the need to jump so far in the future, and and even if they had, they're just going forward uh, to to sort of separate themselves from whatever came in the past. I think a little bit, but yeah. it would totally be different with him still here. Rick Rick's my favorite character in all of The Walking Dead, but I'm happy that it's good after he left. And, and as I said, I'm kind of relieved that he's still going to be around because for one reason, I want him to have a really good ending. I want his character to have a good ending if, if they're going to show him die or whatever the last scenes we see of him are. So hopefully in those movies, we'll get that. Yeah. And, and I, I think this, if this was the last thing we ever saw of Rick Grimes, I wouldn't be too disappointed with it. I know it kind of leaves some open-endedness but at the same time the episode in my opinion was really good with him you know injured and leading that herd away trying to lead it yeah. away and until the end well <laughs> yeah but i mean like he goes out a hero blowing up that bridge you know to stop that herd from coming across um and after the bridge being so important to him to bring everyone together. You know, he has to make the call to destroy what Blow he, destroy everything yeah. he worked for to save the people he loves and so on. I think that was a, a great moment and a really difficult decision for that character. But the way the episode was done too, with uh, him kind of envisioning, you know, the others and, and, mm -hmm. you know, 
you weren't always sure what was real and what wasn't. It was really, really well done. So to me, it was like if at the end of Return of the Jedi, the Force Ghost, uh, Anakin and and Obi Wan had just like stuck their tongues out at everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was a good movie. Oh, what? What? Oh, <laughs> so I have a slightly different take on this. this. Is my number one as well? That the uh, Rick leaving the show. So I was I was shocked. I, you know, I went into the season knowing that Andrew Lincoln was going because it was surprising public. Uh, but me being, like, as I said, a complete Luddite when it comes to uh, information on The Walking Dead, you know, I watched the episode where I knew he was going to die, or I knew that he was leaving the show, that it was his last, I didn't know it was his last episode at the time, but anyway, I knew that he was in trouble and he probably was coming up. Yeah, yeah, it was coming up. And so, you know, his flashback of all the people that he loved, uh, his friends and family, seeing Shane again, uh, it was uh, it was really well done, and I really enjoyed it. And when uh, he blew up the blew up the bridge that he worked so hard to build, because he was building both a literal and a figurative bridge between um, the communities, he blew that up. Uh, was heartbreaking, even though when you're building something. Don't leave a light wagon load of dynamite on top of the thing you're building. <laughs> you know, put it in a safe place. Right. If we've learned, if we've learned anything from Lost, do not leave no. that shit lying around. Remember, we figured out that that giant hole him and Daryl fell into was for storing their dynamite. Yeah. Otherwise, there was no oh. reason for it to be there. <laughs> yeah. Giant, giant dynamite hole. Yeah. Uh, so, and when he blew it up, he also ended up uh, blowing himself completely sideways into the river, which doesn't really work physics wise but from a from a mor- morality point of view i thought it was an amazing uh ending and then when he uh, he didn't die and ended up flying off into a hel- uh, in a helicopter off into the beyond i really loved the idea of that rick uh was gone from the show but he wasn't dead and that we wouldn't see him again and we wouldn't know anything about what happened to him in the future he was just gone disappeared i really really liked that idea until the world came crashing in when chris told me that there was going to be movies and that this (laughs) departure that he had was not an ending but a beginning for some other content that's going to be coming down i listened Uh, to your podcast on that i yeah you seem pretty i I really liked it (laughs) that was awesome i thought it was a better ending than him dying it's just like he's gone. Where'd he go? I don't know. It's it's not only is he gone, but it's a mystery that'll never get solved. And now we're gonna get the damn thing solved. So I'm disappointed in these movies that are coming out. I don't want to. I don't want to watch them. I don't. I actually, that's not even true. I will watch them. I kind of <laughs> do want to watch them. I'm upset that they will exist at all. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I I think. You know, life is full of unanswered mysteries, and that would have been a good way to to finish it off. But at the same time, come on, they're not going to leave it. They're not just going to leave it like that. The Walking Dead universe is getting bigger and bigger every second, it seems like. so. Yeah, but we don't need Rick. Who was that one character from season one that ended up coming back and then Rick killed him? The Mexican. Oh, Morales. Morales. Yeah. With him, I thought, yeah. Same thing you're saying. Sometimes people just go out of your life, and I I like that, and I was okay if we never saw him again just because of that. But uh, not with Rick. Rick's the main character of the show, and it, for him to leave that way for me would have been incredibly unsatisfying. I mean, he's the main character of the universe, right? Like, everything The Walking yeah. Ever Dead has ever done, nobody's has been as central as Rick Grimes. 
And right. so I agree. Like they're never, they're, they were never just going to leave it alone. I think it's he, subjective though. You know, you well, can't say there's a right or wrong way to feel about that. No, absolutely. How I feel. No, yeah. absolutely. But I, do you guys think Rick will die at the end of the three movies? <laughs> I think he might. <laughs> I think he might. Yeah. He'll live so, on. He'll live on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could go either way at this point, I suppose. Could go either way. Yeah, kill so, him but, off uh, now. You know, what's interesting to me is, so Daryl, we find out he got used to being on his own because he was searching for Rick's body for years. And I'm like, what did he do? Like, oh, look, I I see some footsteps coming out of uh, the river here. And that that's Rick's. And then they, there's these helicopter marks. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, Helico- I, but actually, tracks? I think the helicopter was floating, right? I think it didn't actually land, but it's like, oh, the, his tracks just end. So then where <laughs> was Daryl looking <laughs> the rest of the time? Yeah. Maybe well, he didn't find his tracks. He's an expert tracker. He should have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But do you, how often do you track a helicopter? Well, yes. And do you expect a helicopter? Not really. No. No. And obviously this doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen in the, in the comic. No, that's right. Does okay. not. Because the actor from the comic, he stick, stuck around. <laughs> yes, he's decided. <laughs> he's never decided to leave, so that's right. <laughs> uh, all right, Karen, you're number one. <laughs> My number one was, uh, I was really sad to see the kingdom um, go away. It was my favorite of all the places, way more than any other, uh, except maybe Oceanside. Like, I'd want a vacation in Oceanside, but oh, yeah. um, I, I thought... That the kingdom looked really fun. It looked like a really cool place. They had outdoor movies. Actually, it was an indoor movie theater. What am I saying? And I, I thought it just seemed like the best of all places. It, 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 it's sad that they left because you know the infrastructure was failing, and maybe they had um, bigger problems than we could see. But I, I just thought it was such a cool place, and I love the Harvest Festival. I would like to have. Um, I would like to have more of the Harvest Festival. Nobody seemed like they had a good time. It seemed like the Harvest Festival was big bust. Um, I mean, you know, when people are kidnapped and then their heads yeah. are put on spikes, that can really spoil a festival. But I just thought it was a great place, and I'm sad that it's that it's gone. And I also happen to love the couple of the king and the queen, and I'm very, very sad that King Ezekiel and Carol, Queen Carol, are... Um, have evidently broken up although who knows if it's if they're going to be broken up forever but um yeah it's it's um and and you know i understand it's because it's because henry died and that's obviously that's um devastating for any couple to lose a child and um but i really really like the two of them and i i love the king and i love queen so yeah, yeah I, just a little I, sad. I, I was sad to see the kingdom go as well. When it was first introduced, it seemed like the place, it just seemed like it, there was the most um, kind of almost like detail around it. You know, when we first saw it, there were people in the background doing classes with children and training and there was stuff growing everywhere. And it seemed like the most active community yeah. of all of them. And then it yeah, just had- deteriorated into nothing and now it's gone. Yeah. They had plants growing in uh, filing cabinets for crying out loud. Yeah. I know, wasn't that cool? It looked like something you could buy on Etsy. 
exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just all those, the little detail in the background, people doing their laundry and cooking food and whatever, you know, it's, it was, uh, it was all happening there. Whereas at Alexandria, sometimes it felt like nobody was around ever in Alexandria. Yeah. Um, Hilltop has a lot going on as well, but it was so small. It was always the same things, right? There was the blacksmith. There were those cube, uh, trailers with something, I guess, going on, but Hilltop just felt like a big open, I mean, Kingdom felt like a big, open, thriving community, and that's the one that failed and, and now gone. It's too bad. Yep. Yeah. I think yep. also it has to do, though, with uh, one of our listeners wrote in and said that the location for the uh, Kingdom was farther away from everywhere else because it was on the outskirts of Atlanta where everything else is shot down in Sonoy or in the studio. So I think, <sighs> sadly, hmm. it's a little bit of a budget uh, thing that they got rid of Kingdom. Fascinating. I wondered if it was also just to keep the characters together, uh, closer together so that it would make more sense for them to interact. Yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, I want to see more of the interaction and the more of the characters mm -hmm. all the time, you know, so... But I, I feel the same way, Karen. I'm not even going to talk about it because I would have said everything you just said. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, do you have a number one then? Yeah. So it's some particularly cool or impactful moments over the series. I'll just kind of quickly go through some. There was a, a walker in episode one with Sadiq with spiders crawling out, out of it. Do you remember that? Super yeah. gross. I hate spiders. There was... Uh, <laughs> The amputation of Aaron's arm by Enid, mm -hmm. where it was gross and intense and sad. But it was a huge um, character moment for Enid because she had to like step up and get the job done, right? And she mm -hmm. she was not feeling confident about it. So I think that was great for yep. her. Absolutely. A little unbelievable, maybe, but good. <laughs> Shut up. It was <laughs> not. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a rot, the savior who maggie and daryl catch the ocean siders about to kill her and she says she was with or well she was with simon when he had him and his savior buddies killed all the men in oceanside and she was crying and saying that simon would have killed her if she didn't do it but cindy says you smiled when she when you killed my brother and tell us what you said and made it i don't want to say it. you say it she says no exceptions and then Daryl and Maggie just walk away and let them kill her. That was intense. Very intense. There was uh, my favorite, probably my favorite of the whole season. We touched on it. The visitations from the past in Rick's episode, mm -hmm. especially Shane uh, talking about, uh, you know, times <laughs> when Rick was brutal, bit the guy's throat out or the machete in the church. She he says, I knew you had it in you. <laughs> Because he kind of takes credit for the dark person that Rick has become. And then when Rick apologizes for killing Shane, he says, I'm glad you did it. You stepped up, brother. And I was I was in tears watching that. And then um, Rick says, you know, Rick apologizes and Shane's like, you need to forget that shit. That was just a really nice scene there. And then. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he says, I'm looking for my family. And Shane's like. Oh, is that what you're doing? Looking for your family. That <laughs> is my baby girl, by yeah. the way. She's got my eyes, yeah. doesn't she? <laughs> she goes, she doesn't have your nose. Good thing she doesn't have my ears. <laughs> that was awesome. And then he sees, of course, Herschel 
Scott Wilson on the farm and everything. Yep. And then they're standing on, on that big pile of all the dead bodies with uh, uh, Sasha. It's just an amazing couple of sequences. Yeah. Uh, what else? We've talked about a lot of this stuff. Introduction to the whispers where Rosita and Eugene hear the zombies whispering. And then later the whole Jesus death scene was amazing. Michonne with the kids. Uh, the scene where Judith asks... Um, Michonne, when did we stop loving Daryl and the King and everybody? And she's like, we didn't. And Judith says, well, then why does it feel that way? Just yeah. the way that mm. Kaylee Fleming played that was so good. Yeah. Michonne was speechless in that moment. Like it was really well done. Yeah. And then the heads on the pikes was just the shocking, even, you know, I actually got that spoiled because I needed to know so I could organize the panels correctly for the next con mm. but when i heard who it was i was like henry <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sucks yeah. how far how far ahead did you know what was coming it's like the in between oh. th- the episode before and that one okay okay so not too long but yeah i wish i could have just not known for a couple more days but i had to do the schedule you spoiled yeah. yourself I, yeah, I mean, it was good because then we got to do a panel with uh, Matt Lintz and Caitlin Nacon and uh, Alana Masterson. Yeah. Right after that, all three of them. Plus, it was also the girl who plays Lydia and Beta, um, Ryan Hurst. Nice. So it was worth it. Cool. That's it. Cool. Well, uh, Cassidy McClincy played Lydia, and yeah. uh, she didn't really come up too much over the last you know over the whole countdown here but uh i thought she was really fantastic you know really really good i thought she played that character great and i didn't know her from anything before but um i think she was a pretty good character this season yeah you should meet her in real life she's a trip really she's incredibly hyper and huggy and uh really like bubbly to an amazing level okay Stick me on a panel with her, man. Wow. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is our that is the completion of our lists and the, you know, end of our season nine wrap up crossover spectacular. Thank you so much, <laughs> you guys, for, for doing this once again. I can't believe it's been nine years crazy yeah, right? thank Whoa. you and we're not done yet we got season 10 so uh if you want to listen to more of the walking dead cast with jason and karen you can find it at podcastica.com and you know jason's got a whole bunch of other podcasts up there too about other tv shows and things like that so i recommend you check it out game of thrones we're wrapping up yeah i was gonna say is there anything you want to push now but yeah House Podcastica is our Game of Thrones podcast, so that's a good one. Plus, on uh, Strange Indeed, I'm not on that one, but Rima and Sean are covering Black Summer right now. Oh, cool. I've watched the first four episodes of Black Summer, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit, so I should tune tune into their show. Cool. All right. uh, That's going to do it. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back in a moment uh, right after this short break. Stay with us.
Welcome back to the program, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed that. That, of course, was our wrap-up crossover with Jason and Karen. And thanks again to those guys for coming on. It's always a great time. Always fun. I, I enjoy that every year. Every yeah. year. We've, been doing, we've been doing that since year one. We haven't been doing that since year one. <laughs> Believe it or not, we have. We've been, we did that after season one. It and we feels just like we only did this like four times at max. Well, it, the actual number is nine. And, you know, if all things go as planned, next year will be our 10th anniversary. Jeez, man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's a little bit crazy. That is crazy. All right. So uh, thanks for sticking with us after that, everyone. What I want to do now is sort of an after hours, but I'm not really presenting it like an after hours. That's where we just talk about something random, usually something that's on our minds or another movie we've seen or, you know, whatnot. Um, But today I want to do something a little bit different and something that we've never really done in any kind of formal way on the podcast before. It's kind of like a state of the union address. That's exactly what it is. A state of the podcast. Yeah. This is, this is where we are. This is what we're doing now. This is what we did. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. More or less. Yeah. But I have some specific topics I want to cover, which are really just two topics, um, which I'll get into in a second, but, but that's basically what it is. You know, as we, we wind down on the Walking Dead off season here a little bit. Uh, I thought we'd just do kind of a state of the podcast, get everything out in the open, let people know what's coming up and, you know, get some things out of my mouth that I've been thinking about for a little while as it relates to this show. All right, Mouth, let's go. Let's go, Mouth. So we are going to talk about the two main things really are our upcoming Fear the Walking Dead coverage, because that starts mm-hmm. again very soon. And then some, I don't know, podcast financials, not really financials, but you'll see what I mean when we get to it. Just, you know, how this podcast uh, has income and doesn't or doesn't have income, things like that. But first, let's do our Fear the Walking Dead information. Okay. So anyone who's been listening for a little while will probably remember that I didn't like season four of Fear the Walking Dead much, and I think... You were sort of on the same page, right? Well, it started off really strong, but it kind of took a, a nosedive and confusing. Yeah, that's true. I, I should say that, you know, I should concede that that the first half of the season I didn't didn't mind. I thought it was pretty good. And then the second half of season four, I felt like was a pretty significant disaster. It, it was yeah. not good. I didn't really enjoy watching it by the end, um, but we continued to podcast about it. And, uh, you know, the podcasting was still fun, but the show wasn't very good. So as we covered, you know, Walking Dead season nine and had some time off between shows, I was thinking to myself, do I really want to continue podcasting every week about a show that I don't like and a show that I don't think is very good? Well, no, the answer is no, Chris. I don't know if you know this, but the answer is no to that question. Yeah. I mean, at first the answer was no. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to cover season five of, of Fear the Walking Dead, even though it's Walking Dead and we've we've done four years of it now. Um, I, season four left such a bad taste in my mouth that I'm not sure I want to devote the time to sitting down and recording about it every week. Right. And I felt that way for a little while. Uh, but then kind of cooler heads prevailed and I thought, you know what, we should watch it and, and, and record about it still because 
you know, not because we, we have to, or because we have any sort of, um, I don't know, just, uh, what's the word? Obligation. Uh, obligation to. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, the show did give us three and a half, you know, good to great seasons. And just based on that one half season that I didn't like, I don't think it's worth throwing in the towel and giving up on pretty much. Right. Yeah. But, you know, on one hand, uh, we're not a Fear of the Walking Dead podcast. On the other hand, uh, we like to cover things that are Walking Dead related. Yeah. We talk about the books. We talk about video games. We talk about, uh, you know, the various rides and uh, assemblies and cons and things that they have for the Walking Dead. So it, it's a it's a tough it's a tough call. So where do where where do we land? So here here's where we landed that we are indeed going to continue podcasting about Fear the Walking Dead season five and likely beyond if there is a beyond. Um, you know there are other Walking Dead shows coming up too. Haven't made any decisions on those, but that's a different topic for now. Um, we are going to cover Fear the Walking Dead season five, but I want to change it up a little bit and uh, do it a slightly differently than we have. And I know our fear coverage has all is already different than our main walking dead coverage and that it's not a recap. It's more of a, just a, a review or a discussion about it. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I sort of want to keep that format, but what I want to do is include a lot more of our listeners opinions and feedback and maybe just sort of get more from you guys about what you think of the episode and help to guide our discussion or just the way we cover the show a little bit. Uh, I think that'll be good for us in that it gives us, you know, it gives us um, a focus for each episode and mm -hmm. it, it gives us sort of the ability to react to what people are thinking about it and and sort of guide what we're going to talk about a little bit but it, and it also gets you guys the listeners more involved in kind of the way the show goes and the format of those particular podcasts so i hope that sounds like a good idea to everyone i think it sounds like a good idea to me um and what it means is that we are going to record later in the week about fear instead of do it you know, on the Monday or the Tuesday night after it, after it yeah. airs. Uh, we already, of course, have our regular Thursday night recording slot, which we use for our feedback show on the main show. We're going to use Thursday nights during Fear the Walking Dead to record our podcast about fear. So that, so that gives people Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, you know, most of Thursday to watch it, to think about it, to send in some emails, some voicemails, and say, hey guys, what do you think about this? Or here's what I thought. Uh, is does this make sense? And and just get that feedback in rather than we rush out a podcast and then you know you guys have feedback anyways, but we don't have a lot of time to incorporate it in. So yeah, what we've been doing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the next week when we talk about fear, we bring in feedback from the previous week? Yeah, sometimes, but very limited, right? Because there's not. Yeah, so now so uh, recording later in the week, it's not so urgent because it's not a you know it's not The Walking Dead. Uh, it gives everybody a chance to just digest it, think about it, send in some uh, send in some feedback, and we can include it in the show. Right, totally, and 
you know, it'll, it'll help us kind of make sure we are addressing the stuff that you guys want us to. And I hope that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I hope it's not sort of tooting our own horns or anything, but it, it, I, I really want people to be, and I love it when people are involved with us in this, in this podcast we do. And I think that's probably a good way to do it. Um, I'm, you know, something occurred to me earlier today. Uh, I'm not even against the idea at some point of having, having a listener or listeners, um, guest spot on this show with us. Right. Um, you know, to talk about fear. I haven't really thought that through yet, uh, but I'm sure there are people out there who would be great at it, who would have lots of interesting things to say. And we'll just see where that goes. You know, if we have listeners who are interested, then maybe as the season goes on, we'll see about doing that sort of thing. It'll come down to scheduling. It'll come down to who wants to do it, who's available, stuff like that. But, you know, no promises for now. We'll just, it was an idea that came to me today. So the point is, want to uh, include you guys a lot more into our coverage of Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, cool. And we'll do that by recording Thursdays and going from there. And this is a little bit of an experiment. So we'll see how it goes for season five, and we can always reassess next year if there's a season six. Yeah, we're a very agile podcast. We change <laughs> to to meet the needs of whatever we're doing at the time. Exactly. Uh, so Fear starts again on June 2nd. That's a little less than two weeks from right now as we're recording. That means our first podcast for season five, episode one of Fear the Walking Dead will come on Thursday, June the 6th. I hope I've got that right. Um And if you don't hear from us in the meantime, I hope you've listened to this and you can uh, watch it sometime on the second or shortly after and then send us feedback. Obviously, all of that comes to the same email as always, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Cool. Okay, so that's our upcoming Fear the Walking Dead coverage. Uh, The other thing I wanted to talk about really is money (laughs) and the way over the years we have uh attempted to not make money but just allow people to support the show which sounds kind of douchey when i say it out loud like that uh but you know what i mean right yeah i know what you mean i mean uh we are very light on ads or self-promotion i started the i've listened to some podcasts recently and oh my, they are heavy on the ads now. And uh, it's uh, it, it's jarring. Like I stopped listening to podcasts for a while. I was mostly listening to audio books. And then I came back to a few podcasts that, uh, that I really like. And uh, some of the newer ones, the newer podcasts are very heavy on the ads. They are. Uh, they definitely are. And, you know, advertising... Of course, we've done a little bit of it over the years. Yeah. Uh, we've we've ran a handful of individual ads. Um, and, you know, at one time, an entire half season of The Walking Dead was sponsored uh, by a wine brand. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I do. And, and, and that was that was OK, but it felt at the time by the, by the time it was done, it felt like too much to me. So, uh, you know, I don't think we'd do that again. And I'm not opposed to the idea of having ads on the show in any way, but it's not something that I'm comfortable with doing a lot of. Right. 
Yeah, right? me neither. I, I think you're right. Some podcasts I've, I listen to now run three or more ads in an hour long show. And that just feels way too much to me, way too jarring. Uh, I understand that they need to make money. They want to make money. That's great. A lot of people make a living doing this by running yeah. those sorts of ads. Um, uh, but that's not, that's not our goal. So um, in terms of actual advertising on the show, you're not going to experience a big change in that regard with this show. We're not going to run ads. If we do, it'll be the odd one once in a while. And to be honest, it has to be something, in my opinion, that has a real synergy with what we're doing here. It has to be related in some way. It has to be something we've actually used. And those things yeah. don't come along that often. No. I mean, if Lego wants to, you know, sponsor us, I'd talk about Lego uh, for a segment. Yeah, I could see us doing that. But that's a good example, you know? You know, Lego is a, or has it's been. It's a product I already use. It's been a big part of your life and uh, I love it too. Uh, but that's kind of the point. So, um, so in terms of advertising, we're not going to change. We're not going to have a lot of ads. It's just not our thing. But before we talk about other ways of, of making money with this, I mean, I, I thought I should be clear on, you know, why we want and or need to have a little bit of podcast income. And the main reason, of course, is to cover expenses. It's not yeah. free to do a podcast. I'm not going to lie to anyone and say that it's really expensive, um, but it can be, I suppose, if you are one of the biggest shows in the world. Uh, but even then, I don't think it's really that expensive to run a podcast. What we need to pay for is things like hosting. And in fact, there are two different kinds of hosting we pay for. One is for the website. One is for the actual audio files. They're hosted separately um, so that uh, they can be delivered quickly and we have enough space and, and stuff like that. Right. Another is equipment like microphones and mixers and so on. And another expense is software. And in our case, there's a monthly subscription cost for recording software and stuff like that. Yep. Um, again, it's not, uh, there are free or in more expensive options to do this, but the program we use, we like, we're familiar with it. It does a really nice job and, uh, you know, it's just, it's our software of choice. So yeah. it is what it is. Um, and then the other thing about making money is to be honest, it's a, a few bucks of income for the time we spend doing this for the hours we put in. Um, I, I think of that as a bonus though, not really yeah. as an income or no. really the main focus. Yeah, for sure. However, I do want to give people an idea of the time commitment that we put into this show. I'm trying to be as open and transparent as possible here, Jason. Well, you put in much more of a time commitment than I do. Well, why, why don't I run down my time commitment sure. and then you run yeah. down yours? I sure will. That's a okay. great idea. All right. So when we're covering The Walking Dead, of course, it's on on Sunday nights. So I watch the episode on Sunday nights, sometimes twice, if I can stay up that late. So let's say that's one hour at least of time commitment watching the episode. On Monday, I watch it again, and I basically make a full transcription and notes on my own thoughts on the episode. So that generally takes about two hours on a Monday evening, uh, which I work in around my hockey game schedule. 
Right. Uh, then on Tuesday, we record and I edit the show and release it. Let's say we record for 90 minutes to two hours, uh, sometimes a little bit less. Then I edit a little bit, get it out and, you know, publish the episode. I put down three hours for that. Most of that in time a, in is, addition to the recording, or the recording and that no three hours? For the the whole recording and everything. I don't okay. spend a ton of time editing because you know, frankly, over the years we've gotten pretty good at just one and done. Um, yeah, and if I if I go into a you know a profanity laced tirade, you sometimes you cut it out. Occasionally, I do cut that out. Yeah, and yeah. you know that doesn't happen that much anymore. But there was a time, man. <laughs> yeah. So let's say Tuesday night recording and editing and releasing is about three hours. On Wednesday, I read email, I listen to calls, and I start preparing for the Thursday night podcast. So I spend an hour on a Wednesday evening doing that, sometimes more if there's a lot of email. Uh, On Thursday, I generally read a little bit more email and calls to make sure I kind of get the latest stuff, decide if I am going to include it in the show. And then we record and edit the feedback show on a Thursday night. So that's, let's say, another three hours of time. So if you add all that up, that's about 10 hours per week I spend watching shows, reading emails, listening to calls, recording and editing two podcasts a week when Walking Dead is on TV. Right. So I don't consider that insignificant. um, And I'm not trying to say that, you know, oh, poor me, I spend so much time doing this. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And it's been an amazing, amazing experience, you know, ever since day one. So there's certainly no um, hard feelings about spending any of that time doing it, but it is time commitment and it occupies me, you know, five days of the week in the evenings after my, my day job. So again, not trying to be like, oh my God, it's so much work, but it is time spent. So, you know, a little bit of beer money for that time spent feels okay. That'd be all right. Yeah. And my time commitment's a lot less than that. Like I watch the show on Sunday nights. I pro- I try and watch it twice if I can. I record, so that's the the ninety minutes. I don't do any of the editing. You do all of that. Uh, then uh, Thursday for the Thursday show, you send me the feedback. I go through uh, I go through the feedback before the show to make sure I have all my ducks in a row and that everything is uh, color highlighted and organized. I do actually shade things to to I sh- I, sh- I color the ones that you go through as a gray, so I don't accidentally read them. Mm-hmm. And then I go through the ones that I read and make notes and on thoughts and things, and then we record the show. And uh, after the show, I spend about, f- you know, 15, 20 minutes arguing with you because you're such a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, yes. But that's only on the Thursday shows. You know, uh, on, the, on, the Mon- on the Tuesday shows, we don't argue that much, just, you know. Uh, but on Thursday, for some reason, we just have a big fight on Thursdays after the show. We got to try to avoid that from now on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a time commitment, but mostly it's just, uh, it's either watching the show or talking. Sure. For but, me. If, but if you throw in a couple hours of watching show and I don't know, four hours of recording every week. Yeah. You know, something like that. Eight, nine, ten. How'd, it get, how'd that get to 10 hours already? That's not 10 hours. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's... Four plus two is six. Yeah. Yeah. For well, total recording. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways, time commitment. So, uh, you know, so that's, you know, that is all just to give people an idea of what we spend doing this. Obviously, there's other people out there who have podcasts and probably spend way more time on it. 
there's people out there that spend way less too. So yeah, yeah. I forgot the talk. I forgot about the uh, the half hour before each episode where I cry and shake uh, <laughs> out of fear and nervousness about talking on the internet. You you got to work up to it, eh? Every time. Yeah, I got to get in the character. You know, I'm 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 genuinely a shy person, and I don't spend a lot of time talking. Like yeah. if you met me at a party, I would not. I probably wouldn't have a very long conversation with you. It's funny. I'm like that too. I'm like that too. This has the advantage of me not only having a conversation with someone that I know well and like, but also it has the advantage of I'm still sitting by myself in a room with nobody else. This is so perfect. I can't imagine ever not wanting to have a conversation with somebody on the internet. It's social without being social. It's yeah. So I can be alone and social at the same time. It's very, talk about something I like. That's cool. Well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit the same way as you. I'm not the most outgoing social person, but yet we do this and, uh, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's because it's just you and me and there's nobody else here listening. And, uh, yeah, it yep. feels good. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So that's that. Um, as I said, advertising is never going to be a big part of this show. That brings us to Patreon, mm-hmm. something we've been sort of doing for a long time now and has been um, somewhat successful for us. Uh, You know, Patreon, in case you don't know, is this platform where people can pledge money to creators of content, whether it's art or podcasts or various other things, and make basically very small monthly sort of donations to the people doing the creating. Um, and it's a pretty good platform and we've been using it for, I don't know, probably four or five years now. Sometimes I push it on the show often, but you may have noticed that I haven't really mentioned it in some time now. And that's really because to be totally honest, I found Patreon even became a little bit of a burden trying to keep up with it, uh, to sort of manage the platform, to, to, um, just work in all of the, the rewards that they encourage you to offer the people who become your patrons. And, you know, I super, super appreciate everyone that has signed up as a patron for us. And there's still a couple hundred and it's just the most people of dollar or two or three every month. And that's wonderful. And it really has provided, you know, the um, sort of income we hope to get to to cover the expenses and stuff like that. Um, so on one hand, Patreon's amazing and it's pretty easy for everyone. But on the other hand, I've never really loved the platform, how it works. And I found it a little bit of a burden every month trying to kind of manage it. So where does that leave us with Patreon? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to leave it up and, um, and it will still be there, but I think I'm going to scale back the, uh, the offering a little bit right? and basically just use it as a platform for, you know, those people who do want to, um, support the show with whatever monthly contribution they would like to do. Uh, I will probably talk about it on the podcast a little bit more going forward, just in terms of like a mid show break or something like that. Right. But I do plan on keeping it short, mostly just a reminder that this is a great 
you know, way to, to, uh, show your support. Um, but again, as I said, probably scale it back a little bit. Uh, we've tried different reward levels over the years, everything from just mentioning your name on the show to letting you choose a movie for us to review to sending you stuff. Um, and that's where it becomes a little bit, uh, difficult for me to keep up with on top of all the other hours yeah. I spend on the show. We, right. We had that level where we went to what we'd go to your house and shampoo your dog. Right. Didn't we have that level for a little while? I mean, that may have been something we considered. Yeah. I'm not sure, not sure it ever made the cut. <laughs> well, I went to somebody's house and shampooed their dog. I don't know why, I guess. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, <laughs> they just let me. It was weird. That was weird. Thanks for being a patron. I'm here to shampoo your dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff we aren't likely going to have in the future. That being said, I still have tons of stickers we had made and I must admit, I'm still kind of happy to send those out to people once in a while. So that may be the only thing we do is like become a patron, get a sticker, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's a good one. I got a bunch too. I got a whole stack of them in a box. Well, that's awesome. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll split the sticker mailing duties with you or something. Sure. All right, cool. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll figure that out over the next couple of weeks before fear starts because we'll begin the new Patreon campaign then. Mm. That makes sense, I think. Um, so Patreon and then, you know, the other thing I've considered on and off for a long time is just telling people, hey, you want to you wanna help out? Make like a one-time PayPal donation to us. Well, that's a good idea. You know, which is, which is pretty easy. Uh, but I haven't done it because we've had these other things on the go and I don't want this to be confusing. I don't want it to have be too many options for people. I would prefer to just sort of be like, Hey, here's what you can do to help out. Let's stick with this. So I don't need, you can do this or that or this or that, because I think over the years we have had that kind of scenario where a long time ago there was an audible uh yeah i remember audible i remember uh yeah you don't want to get into bitcoin or litecoin or Uh, no not really i don't even understand that stuff so uh it seems seems too complicated cryptocurrency well you know settle in let me let me describe it to you i don't know what it means okay good that's why we're not doing it (laughs) um technically i think our audible our audible deal is still a thing Oh, cool. But we haven't used it in so long that- I've got like 400 books that I've read since the last time I did a, a recommendation. Yeah. Or listened to. And and again, what I don't like about that is it requires you as the listener to go and subscribe to something. And that's fine if you want to, but I feel like it's just easier and better for most people who want to support a show. It's like, here you go. Take a couple of bucks. Yeah. And, oh, we used to do that with the band I was in with uh, Space Elevator. When we'd play a show, we had a pay what you can can. It was just a can at the door. If you, you know, had some coins, throw them in there. And that's a wonderful idea, right? Pay what yeah. you can can. That's right. That's good. Um, and that's kind of what we're going for with, uh, and, and kind of what we can do with Patreon, right? Where there's no you know, limit or even lower limit. I guess maybe a buck is a lower limit on there, but um, pay what you can. And it's, it's great. So I think that's probably the best option for us and we'll just scale it back a little bit. So there you go. Sure. So I think that's all I really wanted to get into. Um, that's a lot about making money on this podcast, which 
you know, if I wasn't clear is not the goal of the show. It's never been the goal of the show. If I could become a rich millionaire podcasting, hey, that would be fantastic. But that's not what we're doing this for. It's not even a realistic yeah. goal. So, yeah, if we were in it for the money, we would have quit a long time ago. Honestly, prob- that's probably true, you know, um, yeah. and uh, that's it. So, so yeah, so I hope this hasn't been just sounding like us begging for cash because that's not the idea. I just wanted to sort of be straight no. with everyone and give people an idea of kind of where we're thinking, what goes into producing this thing. And, you know, that's it. Because honestly, people ask about that all the time. And I do get, you know, the occasional email with like, you know, how can I help out? How can I either give a one-time donation or what can I do? So that's it. And realistically, uh, if uh, like, we're not going to stop doing this. Like, we're not going to say, no, oh, we're not making enough money. I quit. Like that. I don't envision that ever happening. No, that is not a thing that will happen. So So it's not something anybody has to worry about. No, you don't have to worry about it. Um, On the flip side to that, we greatly appreciate. Oh yeah. When people want to help out and support. So, um, you know, I don't really know how to say it any clearer than, than that. Uh, We will never stop recording about the walking dead, the main show. And I think we're in it for the long haul on Fear the Walking Dead 2 with our sort of new plan here. Yep. Future Walking Dead TV shows. I don't know if I can handle a third podcast every week. That being said, if AMC is smart and they stagger them so there's only one show on at a time at any given moment, I could make that work. Uh, but I yeah, think okay. but I think they can only do that with three shows. So as soon as they have four, they're fucking us. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's, all, it's all AMC's fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be blunt. So, all right. That's that's enough of that for now. Uh, I appreciate everyone who has listened to the end here. Uh, and once again, thanks to Jason and Karen for coming on to do our wrap-up yeah. special. That was awesome. Make sure you listen to the other half, half of that crossover on their show, which is at podcastica.com. It should be out around the same time this one is. Um, and technically we did the first half of our countdown on their show. So you might want to listen to it first, but here we are at the end. Me telling you that genius. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Our next show will most likely be the first podcast for fear the walking dead. Uh, when did I say that is that's going to be on June 6th because fear starts on June 2nd. So look forward to that. I hope you tune in and until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks so much for listening, especially to this. Ciao.